Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here, and I'm with my partner on the airways, Sarah Jones. And today, we're finishing up a series. Uh, we have what we call the three keys to better money management. And today we want to explore that third and final key to better money management. It's a partner. And so I'm glad to have my partner on the airways with me to talk about <laughs> the importance of having a partner. I love that. You know, um, hi, Nino. Um, Hi. Hi, everybody out there again. Um, I love this because I think th I think this is kind of maybe an overlooked piece when we're on our financial journeys and finances. We've said so many times before that sometimes this journey can feel very lonely. Um, we kind of feel like we're on it, um, you know, by ourselves. And so I love that we're addressing this um, third key uh, to have a partner while on your journey. So I'm excited to have this conversation today. Yeah, yeah, as am I. And just in case somebody's picking up this particular episode and didn't hear the first two keys, I'll let you know, here at New Money Habits, we believe there are three keys to better money management. We think the first key is education because you deserve to know this. And if you missed that episode, go back into our archives and check that out. We think the second key to better money management is having a plan. And that plan should be customized to you and your goals, and it should be easy to follow. And again, if you missed that episode, go check that out in our archives. But when we're talking about this third key, having a partner, you know, I think just like you said, Sarah, it can be often overlooked. You know, uh, if I'm single and uh, and I'm just trying to kind of pay my bills, you know, maybe I listen to some podcasts like the New Money Habit podcast or something of that nature. But maybe I don't know just how important it is to have a partner. And what we believe is you need a partner because you don't have to do this alone. Doing it alone can be it can be challenging. It can be aggravating. You know, you can you can be left asking yourself, am I doing it right? Should I really be spending money here? How much should I be spending money there? So having a partner is a really, really important piece to better money management. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, not that we need to second guess ourselves, but sometimes when in anything in life, um, and actually, you know, a quote just came to mind. Uh, and I will be honest, I don't remember who said it. So I will look it up and make sure and get that in. But if you want to go, is it if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go with a partner. And well, now you I really me. believe that. Curious. I think we can do this, right? Um, yeah, I, shoot, I should know who who said that. Um, everybody would know it once once they they heard the name. Um, but I believe that sometimes we we kind of fall into doing this alone, and we we don't ask for help again because finances are very emotional, and and sometimes we we kind of 
find ourselves being prideful with them. We don't really want to share where we're at or what our thoughts are, what we've done. Um, But gosh, you know, how important is it to reach out and have conversations with other people? Um, Just open our eyes, bring in a new perspective, a new uh, opinion, a new option that never crossed our minds in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to address something you said there about kind of opening up about your finances. Uh, but before I do, you know, I think for a married couple, having a partner is pretty easy. It's kind of built in. You have your spouse. And so, or, you know, if you're living with somebody, um, whatever that might, whatever that arrangement might look like, sometimes your partner's really, really obvious uh, because it's your spouse. Mm-hmm. But I think to your point about opening up about our personal finances, personal finances are widely personal. They can be emotional. Uh, We can feel like there's going to be a lot of judgment either for how much we do or do not make, uh, how much we are or are not spending in certain categories. It can just feel um, very um, intimidating or even vulnerable to open up about personal finances. But, you know, that partner when you don't, when you're not married and you're single, that partner could be a friend, a family, uh, you know, somebody. I what I would strongly encourage is if it is friend or family, that it's somebody who is going to be objective about your situation. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a little bit careful about who you're selecting as a partner, um, because can they be objective? What you certainly don't want to do is. Um, necessarily partner with somebody who's going to enable some of the bad habits you already know that you want to change or, or things of that nature. So I just wanted to point out, you know, who the, who the partner can be, but I think to your point, you have to also select a partner who you can be open and honest with, who's going to be objective and reserve judgment or, you know, your financial situation. And, you know, I'm going to maybe push back a little bit on what you said, even about the spouse being maybe the the obvious um, answer if you're married, because I find that and a lot of people that I've, I've worked with over the years have not been super open with their spouses, right? And they haven't, they haven't felt safe mm. having the full conversation with their spouses, so... I'm just going to push him back on that a little bit, that for some people, that might not feel as the, the, the safe place that we, some of us assume it will be, right? There's a lot of other things that can go mm-hmm. on in, you know, in marriages where people maybe hide some of their finances, maybe hide how many credit cards they have, maybe hide, you know, an, another bank account. Um, so I'm just going to bring that up and to say that if that's you, then I want to encourage people to start to have that conversation with their spouse. And I want to, if you're that person that your spouse is coming to you, I know this is hard, but you know where you said reserving judgment, right? This is where it can get kind of tricky with spouses. um, Because I'll tell you, my husband and I definitely have gone through this, that we judged each other pretty harshly for a while. Um, But... Having somebody else involved, friends sharing, you know, um, a different type of accountability partner actually helped my husband and I to be able to communicate a little bit better, right? Because 
it was kind of that third party that brought in a different type of conversation. So uh, I think you can use all of them harmoniously, right? There's no reason why it needs to be just one, but use them together in a way that feels good and helps you get to where it is that you want to go. Yeah. As per the usual, I'm always glad that you push back because <laughs> I think you said something that's very important and not yet obvious. And that is just because you're married doesn't mean you agree on how to manage your finances. And so while they're kind of a built-in partner, you know, one one thing I haven't said yet is I haven't said accountability partner, right? I, mm. And there's like a little bit of a difference there. So your spouse might be your default partner because you, you have to do this together and that's important. And maybe at first you don't agree um, on, you know, financial goals. And that that is something, you know, I think I could go off on a tangent and I won't just yet about getting on the same page with your financial goals, mm -hmm. but your spouse is your partner in this, but are they also a good accountability partner? And, and are they doing the things that you just said about reserving judgment? You know, it, it's harder. It's mm -hmm. much harder. It's so much easier to just go and look for somebody who is not tied to the whole situation because they can be super objective and they can reserve judgment very easily when you are married to somebody, it can be much more challenging. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, can I add something about the, the friend or the family that you put in there as well? You had mentioned, you know, friends and family, I think, can be yeah. really great accountability partners and such. Um, and you, you mentioned, you know, um, not holding judgments, right? And, and be able to um, also keep you from, not keep you, but question maybe some choices, right? To, to make sure that you're not mm -hmm. making stupid decisions. But when you're looking for those friends and family to have as your accountability partner, I would like to suggest that it's somebody that you actually, that you look up to that are doing things that you strive to be doing, right? That somebody that's making the moves that you want to be making in life. Don't just pick somebody just because they're your best friend. Because quite frankly, maybe your best friend isn't great with money and they're not going to in turn be a very good accountability coach for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's incredibly important. Um, you know, I, you just, I, th I think you might have had like a little bit of a slip. You just said it might not be a, the best accountability coach for you because I think we've both been mm -hmm. kind of holding back a little bit because really I think one of the smartest things that anybody can do, whether you are married or single, is really start working with a financial coach. When you, when you realize mm -hmm. that you want to do something different with your money situation, I think the best partner you could possibly have is a financial coach, somebody who is completely objective, somebody who reserves, like holds no judgment whatsoever. Um, it's one of my favorite things about being a financial coach is sitting down with people and like, I don't care how much you spend on food right now. Like I'm, that I don't, I don't care that you have this vice that you hide from other people like that. I'm here to help you understand your financial situation, really explore your financial goals, and then look at how we can align your financial situation to those financial goals, what path that we can um, 
pay forward and, and that those types of things. So yeah. circling back to your point though, 100%, if you're going to sit down with family or friends to improve your financial situation, let's hope that they are ahead of where you are and that they have shared values that you have and, and that you can then maybe emulate some of the things that they're doing. You know, if, if all of a sudden your accountability partner is somebody who is, uh, who doesn't share the same values as you do. So maybe they're a super spender and you're a saver, or uh, maybe they, they're out of control in uh, a particular category and you, you too are out of control in that category. Well, how are they going to help you gain control in that category would be my question. So you're absolutely right. You have to be very selective uh, of, of your financial accountability partner if you're looking at your inner circle for one. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes, Nina, we, again, I think we default to like our best friends or, um, you know, maybe some people that we work with, right? Maybe somebody that's a little bit older than us. We sometimes ask questions or want to spend time, right, um, with them to see what they're doing. And I think it's just important, as you said, to make sure that whoever you are asking to be your accountability partner, and I'm going to say, ask them if they're willing to be that type of person in your life, because not everybody, you can assume that they will, but doesn't mean that they will or that they want to. So taking the time to have the conversation with them and ask them if they'd like to play that role in your life will be very beneficial, right? But then it'll allow you to, to make sure that you do have the same values and that you are kind of on the same page and laying out the framework for what you want this to look like. What is it that you're really needing from them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another good point about just making sure that they're committed to the process and that they're willing to... Mm -hmm. You know, kind of be that mentor or or uh, that accountability partner and and that just reminds me I, I can't say it enough but you know if we're really talking about an accountability partner then it has to be someone who you can trust is going to hold you accountable to the things that you say so like if you for instance if you say that your financial goal is that you want to get out of credit card debt, by the end of the year, let's say. Well, then mm -hmm. when you're kind of mapping things out and, and you're including things in your budget that get in the way of that stated financial goal, will they have the fortitude to kind of say, well, hold on a minute, Sarah. You told me that your financial goal was to eliminate that. Has your goal shifted? Is there like a new goal? Mm -hmm. uh, has the timeline of that goal shifted. Why are we making changes to that plan for this thing? And at least explore it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't make changes to the plan, but at least they're going to challenge mm -hmm. it and not just be like, Oh, okay. So you're, you, Oh, you're going on a $2,000 trip now instead. Okay. <laughs> right. No, Nino, that was very coachish. Is that a word? Coachish? I, I'm just going to make that up. That was very coachish language there. Do you really believe that accountability partners are going to say that to us? No. They might question. I don't. <laughs> 
mean, I, I get where you're going with it, and I agree that they need to question, you know, when they're looking. But that that felt very like that's what my coach does, right? That's really what the coach, and I don't believe a coach fits in to this section of what we're talking about. I know you do, but I don't necessarily think that a coach fits fits into this um, this key that we're talking about now. I think a coach is in a different area. Really? Okay. So as per the usual, I'm open to to hearing <laughs> like a different a different perspective. So we're talking about a partner mm-hmm. and we're we're talking about that could be a spouse, it could mm-hmm. be a friend or family member. Why wouldn't a financial mm-hmm. coach be categorized as a partner uh, in your estimation? Mm-hmm. Well, partly because of the conversation that we just had in that that question, that coachish language that you were using there, because I don't believe that anybody in our life, accountability partners, you know, friends, family, a spouse, I don't believe that any of them, I don't know that they don't have the ability. I don't think that they are, they don't have the experience in working with different areas that coaches do. And oftentimes coaches are there to ask the questions that nobody else is willing to ask because the truth is, is I'm not there to be anybody's friend. I'm not there to be the friend to my client. They can use a friend to be their accountability partners and to talk through some things, but I'm not there to be a friend. Um, And I'm certainly not their spouse, right? Or a family member. And I think Mm -hmm. it just draws that line of somebody, a complete third party that doesn't have any emotional attachment to that situation. And I think that's where I draw the the line and make the distinction for me, why a coach doesn't necessarily fit in this section, in this key. And I, I certainly can respect that, you know, as you were making the delineation between the two, you actually got me thinking about just the behaviors that I've noticed with some of my clients and, and could they have done what they did with me with a friend or a family member as an accountability partner? And I'll give you a, a very specific example. This happened quite some time ago. So I'm really going into the archives of my memory for this one, but it was the first thing that I thought of when, when you said this, I got a phone call one day from a client outside of like a a scheduled session. And so I pick it up and I'm all like, Hey, what's going on? And the client was like, you need to talk me out of this dealership. I'm at an Audi dealership right now. And I'm moments away from signing a lease that I know I shouldn't be signing. Like, Mm. yeah, wow. Like that has not come up in any of our, in any of our conversations. Um, That's not obviously what I said, but you know, I think about if that client had turned to a friend in that moment, would the friend Mm. be equipped enough to ask the right questions to kind of see, you know, cause I started to explore like, has something changed? Did something change in your stated financial goals? And I repeated those goals Mm -hmm. back to my client. You know, we're working on this, we're working on that. And here are the reasons why we're working on those things. How would this Mm -hmm. lease fit into that? And she's like, it doesn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And so obviously you also called me because you have reservations about it, but what, what brought you there in the first place? Let's understand the motivation of why were you, why are you at the dealership in the first place? If, if mm. we haven't been talking about this at all, it's not come up. Like, where did that come from? And so we explored the motivation and, and what was going on. Um, she had a minor um, mechanical issue that would have mm. cost maybe a couple hundred, maybe at the most like a thousand dollars to repair. And her default is always, instead of getting into car repairs, let me just get into a new car. And it's like, whoa, hold on, right? So we had to kind of explore that and unpack it a little bit. But needless to say, by the end of it, there was no new leased Audi. Um, She left the the dealership in the car that she drove there in. And we progressed Mm -hmm. to pay off tens of thousands of dollars of (laughs) consumer debt and and achieved her uh, her her stated goal rather than um, kind of blowing things up for a st- spur of the moment um, impulsive decision. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it, that's powerful, right? It's powerful that maybe a friend would say, "Hey, don't do it," but are you going to even listen to that friend? right? You might have a friend that's going to say, no, you know, you don't want to do it. Don't do it. But are you really going to listen to them? Um, and so I think that that's powerful that, that, um, I think it's just powerful that coaches have different language and there's a different, we can help you get to the root cause. Like you said, what's the motivation Mm -hmm. for being there in the first place, right? Um, you know, and I'll just throw out there why I think it's a little bit different, you know, having a coach, um, is it, isn't, a different key than your partner, your spouse, friend, or family. Because, you know, even the people that I've worked with, right, and have seen great successes financially and feel so much better, really turn their financial situations around, right, and reached a lot of those goals, you know, they still send and still refer their friends um, to work with me. And that's because they think it is a different category, right? It really is just a different place that friends can help you. And I I think we need, it's more of the emotional support per se, you know, to get through some of these tough times. And it's not the, the digging deep, the nitty gritty, the hard questions, even if you got a pretty, you know, strong-willed friend, you know, somebody that's, that's, I'll just quote unquote, say rough with you. Right. And, and is going to tell you like it is. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it'd still be hard pressed because you know that person that you're going to talk yourself out of it anyways, because you have that friendly relationship. So I think that there's some really great areas that these accountability partners can help us in. Um, And I think that they are essential, right? They're definitely one of the keys that all of us need in our life. We just have to determine what that looks like. Why, you know, why do we need this yeah. accountability partner? And again, what are those parameters? What are they there to help us do? Yeah. As you were kind of illustrating, again, the difference between like the emotional support, which is good, right? Like to have an accountability partner, to have somebody who's like-minded, who might know that you are trying to get out of consumer debt. Maybe you're trying to save um, for a down payment on a house and somebody who you can turn to and, and who kind of cheerlead you through some of that and say like, those are some really great aspirations and, and definitely do that. Well, they might not be skilled in the, but let me 
peel back the layers of your financial situation, your income, your expenses, and and um, mm-hmm. dig into the motivation and, and all of that. But I think the other part of that is being able to work with somebody who has no emotional tie to you or the situation. Now, I care very deeply for my clients. You know, I, I think they are great human beings and, and I do connect with mm-hmm. them on that level, but I have no emotion in what they do or don't do with their money. I have calculated analysis and like, let's, let's base it off of what you told me is important to you, your value system, mm-hmm. the goals that you have stated, um, and being somebody who can kind of recall those things quickly to say, okay, so how does this align? Um, there's some other point I wanted to make about that, but I've lost it at the moment. So <laughs> I think it's important that we haven't necessarily mentioned, we've talked about kind of boundaries, right? And asking our friends, you know, to kind of set those parameters if they're willing to be kind of that accountability partner. But I also think that it's important to sit down with our spouse too and say, okay, what are we going to hold each other accountable to here? What is the purpose? You know, what are we um, get? We've got our, and I'm going to assume that you have your financial goals um, in alignment, right? That you are on at least more in the same chapter, maybe not 100% on the same page, but you're at least in the same chapter of what it is that you're trying to do, right? And and setting out those, those uh, parameters of what is it that you need from your spouse, right? What do you need from each other to be able to, to hold each other accountable that you don't feel threatened or that there's not judgment. You're not feeling judgment placed upon you, right? So really having that conversation with them and saying, this is what I need from you. Um, And I think that that's something that we don't do enough of. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, There's a lot of dynamics in the, in the spousal relationship and how finances obviously touch every aspect of of their lives that um, I think what you may have been like something you almost said, but didn't say, so I'm going to say it explicitly is even those that couple and, and as they go and identify the different things they need from one another, still being that couple being able to work with an objective third party that's not emotionally entangled in all of the same things that they are is really important. Absolutely. I've said it for several years now that had I known that coaches were available or there were third party people out there to help my husband and I through our, you know, when we were in the midst of our debt payoff journey, I think it could have, we could have greatly benefited from that. um, Because we did do it on our own, but it was a 12 year journey And I know, Mm. knowing what I know now, and we had some accountability, but it it wasn't the same, Nino. And knowing what I know now, I know that we could have worked through some things a little bit differently. And and I'm going to say probably faster, that our journey probably wouldn't have been 12 years to reach some of those goals and get to where we wanted to be debt free. Had we worked with a third party, someone that was not emotionally attached, right? I think it's just powerful. I think that it's a a powerful 
um, relationship to have to help you get through some of these things. Maybe not necessarily even quicker, but um, easier. And and for us, it could have saved us some stuff, just some ugly stuff within our marriage that we created through the process because we didn't know how to get through it um, on our own. Yeah. I often make the analogy that hiring a financial coach is a lot like a personal trainer. At the end of the day, we all know mm-hmm. that if we eat a certain way and exercise with proper nutrition and exercise that we can achieve, you know, maybe some uh, physical goals, whether that's weight loss or different body composition, whatever that might be. Right. So then why does anybody ever hire a personal trainer? Well, normally it's because you're looking to get better results faster. And it's the same Mm -hmm. thing with a financial coach. Like if you're listening to the new money habits podcast, you're somebody who's obviously mindful about your money. And so you're probably looking and you're, you're trying things out and you're like, well, does this work for me? And does that work for me? So why would you ever hire a financial coach? Because you want better results faster. You don't want to take 12 years. You know, Sarah, you might not want to say that you could probably have completed it quicker, but I will tell you for darn certain 99.9%, I'm sure you would have gotten to the finish line faster if you mm-hmm. had worked with somebody along the way. And so if you're listening now and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I have been budgeting and, and I have like a debt snowball and I, in, in, but for whatever reason, it still just doesn't seem to be working. Reach out, go to the show notes of mm-hmm. this podcast and schedule time with Sarah or with myself or any one of the new money habits uh, coaches and get a consultation, sit down and just talk about, you know, your financial situation, talk about the goals that you have, talk about the, the fears and anxieties that you have. One of the greatest benefits of working with a financial coach, or one of the things that my clients tell me repeatedly over and over and over again, and I didn't, this was not anticipated when I started. What I anticipated when I started is that I would help people get better results faster, that I'd help them to achieve their goals faster than they'd be able to achieve them on their own. What I did not know was going to happen is how many people would tell me I don't stress out about money anymore. I have enough stress in my life, but my money and my finances isn't one of them. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad I could help you to achieve that as well. (laughs) And so... Uh, there's there's an enormous amount of benefit to sitting down and, and working with somebody who does this day in and day out to help you explore what your values are, what your goals are, and then customize a plan to help you to get to your goals relatively quickly. When I say relatively, I mean, it's always going to be dependent on variables like your income, your expenses, your debt. But on average, Mm -hmm. when I have a client who says, I want to be out of all of my consumer debt, I mean, credit cards, auto loans, student loans, Mm -hmm. everything but the mortgage, less than 36 months, 18 to 24 on average. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It is pretty incredible. Um, I've got very similar... um, very similar experiences, you know, clients will say, Sarah, I'm just, I have this sense of peace 
that I've never felt before. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that it just brings this sense of peace and Nino, that's priceless. If we can create a sense of peace within our mm-hmm. life, I mean, it's priceless. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I didn't know it going into coaching. And when I wanted to be a coach, again, that was not an area. I just thought I'm going to help people, you know, experience what it's like to live debt free. Well, I've learned a lot since that, you know, that in the beginning of what I thought I wanted to do and more so now it's not being debt free. It's more bringing in a sense of peace to your life and how incredibly priceless that is because then it allows people to reach all kinds of goals, to live all kinds of dreams that they never imagined themselves doing when we first met. And, um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well then I want to leave our listeners with a challenge because Mm. we're sitting here, we're telling you how important it is to have an accountability partner. We're, We're telling you where you can find those accountability partners. We're sharing with you what those accountability partners really ought to do for you and how they can serve you yeah. best by not being um, enablers, but being somebody who can challenge you. I want to I challenge our listeners. If you are stressing out about your money situation, if there's any anxiety about, can I, will this ever happen for me? I want to challenge you to schedule a session with Sarah or myself. The first one's on us, so what's stopping you? Mm-hmm. You know, don't let don't let the perception of because here I, I'll tell you I've been a financial coach since 2013. That is almost 10 years. It is not lost on me how weird it might be to spend money to pay people to help you fix your money. I get it. Sounds weird. Like how? Why would I do that? Or how can I do that? Don't worry about it. The first session is a a complimentary consultation where we get to learn about you, your goals, what drives you, what motivates you, why you even want to make a change in your financial situation. We explore Mm -hmm. all of that. And then we start to kind of at a high level talk about how we can map a path forward. And what I love most about mapping like the plan is I love when the timeline starts to – kind of mm-hmm. re- reveal itself and all of a sudden you're like wait a minute i can be out of debt in 14 months like how did you get there and then you show people how you got there and it's it's really mm-hmm. incredible so if you're looking for better results faster and if you have any anxiety about your money you should schedule a session and i'll second that <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> Leave it to the professionals, as they say, Uh, but in all seriousness, schedule some time with a financial coach. There's no obligation. So sit down, kind of learn what it's like to interact with one of us, um, you know, one-on-one or two-on-one if you're a couple. See if we uh, can help you get better results faster. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And uh, thank you for putting that challenge out there because sometimes we need permission to take that step. And so this is, this is permission to all of you listening out there, right? That it's okay to reach out, um, do it. You will not regret it. This is one area that you will not regret doing. 
um, I can guarantee you if you simply reach out. Doesn't mean you're working with a coach long-term, but you're taking the step to reach out just to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, you know, reach out because then you don't have to wonder what if. Right? At least, like, at mm -hmm. least check that box. I reached out. I spoke to a financial coach, and it wasn't for me or whatever, you know, um, instead of wondering, huh, I wonder what would happen if I just did it. And on mm -hmm. that note, um, yeah, I just want to reiterate our three keys to better money management. Um, as I said early on in the episode, if you've missed our first two in this series, we believe that the first um, key to better money management is education because you deserve to know. We believe the second key is having a plan, something that's customized to you and your goals, and that's easy to follow. And we also believe having a partner uh, is important because you don't have to do this alone. Now, we might do a 3A and a 3B based off of Sarah's feedback that uh, 3A is a partner from your inner circle, <laughs> and 3B is a financial coach who can truly help you mm -hmm. to achieve your financial goals. Thanks for hanging out again, Sarah. A pleasure as always. Thanks for another great conversation. Yep, I love these. I love these conversations every week with you. As do I. And we will continue this one next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.